It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. We're so excited for tonight's game. We slept here last night. That's right. We didn't go home. We just stayed here all night. G. Bush, great to have you back, my man. They dropped me on the roof. I mean, I parachuted down in here. We ready to go. That's you right. doing okay? How's the neck? Well, you know, day by day. Like You're playing hurt, aren't you? You know, you know, I'm all right. You know, we ready to go. I had to come back in here. You weren't going to miss game day. Nah, game day. We got to get this win, bro. Yeah. You playing around. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to talk tons of Browns. Trust me. Um, Mike Polk is live from a, <laughs> a, a bar downtown in Cleveland here. He's going to be live from the Noble Beast. I'm not sure there's going to be any crazy tailgating going on this early. You don't I, think I so? No, no. Probably not. On my drive in this morning, I didn't see anything. No. I mean, it looked like a typical I don't know. I, Thursday after a morning the drive. The highway was backed up, though. It was. I couldn't figure out I don't why. know what was just past East Night. I had to get off at East Night. Right. Usually I go all the way. Right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Maybe people are. You can't get into the Muni line no. until later. So no, I don't know right. what was going on, but I had a hard time getting in the spot. Yeah. I, I just, as I came in, it looked like any other Thursday to me. Right. It didn't look like I saw large game. crowds building. I, mean, I don't game, know. We're still, you know, nine hours from kickoff. True, but and you, I think a lot you know of people, how Browns fans like to drink? That, well, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hydrate, Bull. Hydrate. <laughs> I mean, and do they got PTO like this? Like, I mean, today is a random Thursday. I think... Every person that works in Northeast Ohio should get a paid day off today. Yeah, I wish. Unless you work in sports. Anytime there's a weekday game, I'm for that. I do know yeah. a lot of people that are going to the game. They're working. Yeah. They're going immediately from work to tailgating yeah. and right. inside. So I imagine, I don't know. We'll find out when we go live to Mike Polk. He's at Noble Beach. He's going to be there all morning long. If you're a crazy Browns fan and you want to get on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Go to the Noble Beast. Yep. We have 10 <laughs> t-shirts we're giving away, too. Wait, mm-hmm. We're giving them 10 t-shirts. 10 t-shirts at- going out from Mike Polk today. So. Well, that's the call to action. There get it is. in your cars, get on your scooter, whatever you have, and head down to Noble Beast. It's on um, Lakeside, right across from uh, from Channel 3, right yeah. across from our studios. That's right. So it's on Lakeside. Great food. I eat there frequently. Great food. Get that lunch. And of course, go, great go, beer, Take too. that early lunch. Good burgers there. Yeah, early great lunch. burgers. Maurice Corrette's going to be on the show. He's going to play no fence riding. Yeah. He's going to be here for that. And also we're doing our pre-written headlines. As I said, I know it's game day. We're diving into the Browns. We'd be remiss though if we didn't talk about the Guardians because for my money, they clinched last night. For my yes. money. They're now mathematically a 99.2% yeah. chance to make the there, playoffs. There's there's no busted coverages in baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly there's no right. onside kicks yes. in baseball. So I feel really good about this. I feel really good about this. Um, if you watch the game, to me, my observation was from the very first inning when the White Sox were booting the ball all over the infield and the Guardians got two runs, which is their trademark. They score first. They put their foot on the opponent's throat yep. and they choke them out. It looked like the White Sox wanted to already be in their vacation homes. Yeah, I, like I told you right before we went on when Mankata didn't cover third the other night. Yeah, that looked to me like 
when Steph threw his mouthpiece in game six. Right. Where I, when he threw his mouthpiece, I started telling people, Cavs are going to win this. This is over. The Warriors are unraveling. And when yeah. Makata couldn't even foul, cover third on a routine steal, right. I said the same. I'm like, they're done. They already took their will. Like, at least the Twins fought for the couple of days. Right. And, and then the they fell are done. The Guardians, the way they play, just destroys the confidence in other teams. Because they play right. like it's game seven of the World every Series. Game. Every single game. Every day. game. And how about, I love this, Will Brennan comes in there. Another gets called up. Gets two hits in his first day, but even bigger than that to me. Was it the second inning where he makes first that inning. S- the, the sliding the catch? Sliding catch down the right. It field was the line. first inning. You're right. Unbelievable. That was a great play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a rookie in his first inning in the big leagues because that's tough. Like the fence is right there. You don't know if you should run and grab it. He makes a sliding catch. It was beautiful. Set him up for success at the plate. And he's a good defensive player too. So like now you are at least good, if not great, at every defensive spot except for first base. Jay- and even and even t- uh, Naylor has become adequate at first base. Jay, this guy killed the minor leagues. Killed. He's, He's a hell of a hitter. He had 160 some odd hits. It's unbelievable. Had 100 His RBIs without a ton of home and runs. Yeah, between double A and, and now they bring him up to play the last two weeks of the season. He could be a playoff factor. Right. And McKenzie, I, mean, I looked, think that's why he's here. He, what a great swing. It was what great, a great swing. beautiful swing. Nice left-handed classic yes. swing. And uh, McKenzie was just brilliant yesterday. So the last two times he's faced the White Sox, yeah. he's had, he had 13 Ks last night. He had yeah. 14 at a game a couple of weeks ago that I attended. His curveball last night Nasty. was untouchable when you combine it with his fastball that really has explosion through the zone. What yeah, a, I mean, it was great. This is unbelievable what we're watching here. It guys. is. You know, go back to spring training. Who was it that was? Was it Lucas Giolito that was making fun of the Guardians and their payroll? There was two or three different players. I think that, everybody was. And but and then when you hear what Elvis Andrews said the other day about, yeah. no one has taken this team seriously, all, including in Cleveland. By the yeah. way, yeah. nobody's taken this People team. People are seriously. now. Nobody's yeah, respected uh, this uh, team streets, until now. Like now, now, when you talk about it on the streets. People's talking about it. Like the people that I see that's not even really no over the top baseball people, they tapping in now. They saying, oh, okay. Let yeah. me, let me, I knew it was something when somebody said, hey, man, uh, I need to get me one of them C hats. I said, when do you start wearing C hats? When they, they won. When they start, start and and what that, are they, 17 and 3 in their last 20? Yeah, they've just been they, killing they lost, they, they lost Season high, 15 games 3rd. over 500. They only have to go 8 and 5. To win 90 games to now. clinch and to clinch on their own, the magic numbers down to seven. Well, yeah, seven and the six. The lead though. is six. Right. I, that's why for me it ended. It's, last yeah, it's over. I yeah. can't yeah. imagine that they we, don't close this. And out. by the way, one proof for me that it's starting to pick up is that when I do my podcast, you know, when I when I lead with when football is my main topic, the Browns are my main topic. I usually get a lot more people listening and viewing than when when the Guardians are. But yesterday, I got at least as of this morning more than double. What I normally get wow. views when I when I focus on the Guardians. Now on that note, McNuggets is in there going. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Today's a big Browns yeah, day, but it was yeah, we, it we, was we, worth we, mentioning. We'll get back. And to another it. huge game, Stephen Kwan too. Another huge game from him. Home Just, run, three hits. We'll get, we, got down the line, right? we got time later to get back. Yeah, we do. Yeah, on we'll, come back we'll to it. get back to him later. So if, as we turn the page to the Brown Steelers, I, I said this yesterday. I had a couple of people that watched the show reach out to me and say, you know. Tone down the rhetoric. It's week three. And I, and I get that. And I said, there are no must-win games unless you're mathematically eliminated if you lose. Yeah. So, no, this isn't a must-win game. And that's really not the point I was making. I, I went on to clarify it yesterday, and I'll do it again today. This is as big a week three game as a team can have because they know that their starting quarterback, their number one guy, isn't coming back for another eight games after this. You fall to one and two in this easy portion of the schedule, and – for me, it makes your climb to the playoffs 
so much more difficult. Am yeah. I am I overstating nah, you, this? You should have told him, hey, you need to stay off my my, my, my screen talking about. Yes, it, it's there are okay. a couple of people. That it, hit it's me up with it's that. okay to have hyperbole. Everything is a case to case situation, and this is a different case for the Cleveland Browns. They are in a specific situation where they need to get their quarterback back. They're playing with a backup. And on top of that, during the middle of the season, we're already talking about getting rid of a defensive coordinator. Right. Now, now I don't know how much more of a must win you can really get without saying must win, but there's a lot of stuff on the table for this team that it looks a little bit dark if they don't get a win today yeah. and play the way how we thought they How about it's a you damn well better win? I, yeah. Guys, I think this is a referendum on this team this game because you come off as a devastating a loss as you could possibly have, right? You yeah. cannot get a worse loss than that in the month of September. Cannot. It's impossible. Right. And it's a short week and it's your rival team. You know, and they're on a short week, too. It's not like the Browns have a short week and the Steelers don't. Both teams played Sunday, and they've got to travel. I know it's not a far travel, but still, like, they're not that good a team. But we know they're well-coached, and we know they come to play even if they're not that talented a team compared to Steelers teams in the past. What, were you saving this for later? What was the spread that you said about Tomlin when they are on? Oh, yeah. Their- no, no, it's fine. So, I'll give a shout-out to my man, Cleve T.A. on Twitter, who's like the analytics so- guru of Cleveland. The Steelers under Mike Tomlin, how about this, since 2007 – when they are an underdog in the division in a divisional game, they are 27 and 1 against the spread and of those 20 games that they've covered, they've actually won the game as an underdog Outright. 16 of 20 times. That's 80%. Well, to that point, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger and TJ Watt aren't walking through that tunnel. That's true. And, Very and true. those are the safety nets. And I read yesterday that the Steelers without TJ Watt on the field are 0-5. Yes, and there's I mean, no reason for, again, I said it last week, I'll say it again, guys, no reason for the Browns to lose this game at home. It's an indictment on the leaders of this team and the coach if they do, especially if they come I, out I and agree. lay an egg. I agree 100%. I've thought all along they're going to be 2-2. Two and two. I've said that. I think they're going to be 2-2 two and two through these first four, so... I'm not going to be shocked if they lose. Well, I'd be surprised. Yeah, shocked or stunned? No. I've thought all along. I thought they would lose to Carolina and beat the Jets. And when they beat Carolina, that was the one that to me of, hey, you got to win this game. You've got to win this game. I didn't think they would. They did. Had a horrible loss last week. We said they should be 2-0. and They're a 58-yard field goal away from being 0-2. This is who they are. And I fully expect tonight's going to come down, as you'll see in my headline, I think tonight's going to come down to the very end. Yeah. And I, that's I, who they are. That's who they are. And, and Atlanta, I, Atlanta was ranked 32nd, I think, this week in ESPN's power rankings. I thought they were better than that. I, I'm not saying they're a playoff team by uh, any I, means. I, but, I like Atlanta. But Atlanta, to me, is not the worst team in the NFL. Mm. This, this easy portion of the schedule is easier than what we have later on. I don't think it's easy. I know you, you say they get, that you thought they'd be 2-2. Two and two. I, In my mind, as I play out the season and – what we do from week four, schedule-wise, I I just don't see a path if you're not three and one. And I don't think they're a playoff team this year yeah, because no, of everything that. that's gone right. on. As as I was, guys, I was at, as I was laying in the bed like Stephen Hawking yesterday. <laughs> I got a text message. I got a text message from somebody close in the organization, mm. and they said, and, and under no certain terms, uh, Andrew Bear was not happy with the defensive performance. Was how could he be? be? Was not. Uh, they, they, I would expect this game to be a lot more aggressive out of Joe Woods. I, I, I would be. Expect- you mean instead of rushing four every play and never playing, especially ball? with no cloudy? I mean, it, you got to pick it up somewhere it, it's, else. It's going, and I said specifically, I said, Andrew Barry said something. He, usually he's not the type to come out and just say, you know, put people. He said, no, was not, was disappointed in the game plan from Joe Woods 
in, in terms of what they did against a quarterback. They, they said the players in the locker room want to be much more aggressive. Now, I said, hey, well, if you're going to be aggressive, you got to know what the heck you're doing at the end of the day because that still right. falls on y'all too. Yeah. But um, I would expect that, that this is going to be a much well, more aggressive game. To, to that point, here's what's most troubling about that to me. That Joe Woods or Kevin Stefanski or anybody involved in game planning for the Browns would need to hear the general manager say that after they played a statue quarterback and never – Never put them under pressure. I don't know that they would need to hear that. I think that that's probably understood. No one in the organization. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. That that. that that it would even have to come to that point, right. Jason. Yeah. First of all, before you're going into the Jets game and you're looking like Belichick does every week, okay, what is this team and how do we attack them? What Joe Flacco is is an immobile quarterback with a good arm. Mm-hmm. So what you can't let him do is stand back Get there in the pocket and pick his receivers, and that's exactly what they let him do. I thought we would come with exotic blitzes. I thought we'd come with safety blitzes, linebackers shooting gaps. I didn't see any of that. Even when they were down, they never pulled it out. To no, challenge. even they if, were, when they needed two <laughs> touchdown <laughs> drives, I thought, okay, now you There's ratchet no. up the pressure. I never saw it. I'm no. relying on – Tyvis was sensational yesterday. That oh, my was, God. When, I, when we Incredible. were done, I said I thought that was the best show that I have been part of here. I thought that was the best show because he was so good diagramming and explaining why it broke down. I rely on Tyvis. He says he's a thousand percent certain they're going to have this cleaned up by tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take him at his word. He certainly knows us better than all of us. Uh, and one other thing I wanted to mention: Did you guys see the video of Kevin Stefanski mic'd up during that? Game? I did not. No, that was great. I didn't, I didn't realize. See it. Do we? We was probably NFL, can't play it. Can NFL we? NFL films? Can't, no, we can't play yeah. it. Yeah. So he was mic'd up, and, and now the video is edited because the teams approve what goes out and what mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. So the good stuff never gets out. So, but you saw him, and 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 we had seen the reaction. On, on the deep touchdown on the busted coverage, he jerked his, his headset off. So that he didn't really say anything. He jerked his headset off. He was obviously angry. But the way that he was able, I thought it was impressive. I know you guys bang on him for being even keeled. For, Jacoby was devastated after it was over. And immediately, Kevin said, hey, this was an awful loss. This is really bad. We got to go in there. And basically said, you, you as the quarterback, me as the head coach, we got to have a united front on this. We're all going to share in it. And we got to move on right now. We got to move on. And just the way that he handled the situation, as you said, you can't have a worse loss. Even in the sideline of that moment when most of us would be like ready to just murder everyone around you, I thought I really was impressed with the way that he handled himself on the well, sideline. Well, I mean, that is good. Now let's see if it pays now let's see if it, pays it, it turns well, into well, a win on the field. Stefanski, yeah. are we looking at a coaching mismatch tonight? Because we know what Tomlin is. Guys never finished under 500. Yeah. He, he just – wins big divisional games yeah. after losses. Is this a coaching mix? I mean, Tomlin mix? gets the nod, certainly. Sure. If, you, if you want to go in the head-to-head, who you know, who's the better coach right now? I, everybody would say Mike but if you've got a Yeah, but if you've got a slider and you, it's, it's at 50-50, if the coaching slant was even, even, and you can move that dial, how far away from 50-50 are you moving it towards Tomlin? Uh, 60 64. I was going to say 60, 65. I mean, I think, in my opinion, most coaches in the NFL are somewhere in the middle. They're all fine, right? You got a few who are great, a few who really suck, and then most of them are kind of fine. You know, and it depends you do have on the some talent. Difference you have. Makers, and I think the yeah, Tomlin and Mike Tomlin obviously career, he's a difference maker. A- absolutely, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. You know, he's got his flaws just like anybody else. I'm critical of Terry Francona sometimes. I think he's the best manager in baseball. Doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. Uh, so, but but uh, I, I do think one thing Tyvis said yesterday was he thinks this team o- players only defensive meeting is a way for them to basically get out their frustrations with each other and say 
We can't have these communication errors anymore. They're killing us. Exactly. Hopefully, we see the end of that. Because if that happens again this week, I man. Pref- I prefer Mike Tomlin's communication style over Kevin Stefanski's. But that th- th- doesn't mean that a, t- a person can't be more demonstrative than another person who's more quiet and get results. We, sure. we see it all the time. Um, I like the fact that Mike Tomlin will hold his players accountable in the media. He'll hold you accountable in the media on practice and just the way he explains it to you in those certain ways is almost like saying, hey, you might want to get your stuff together. You'll be out of here. But, but I, in fairness, G, like he couldn't do that his second, third year in Pittsburgh. He's more vocal now than he was early in his I mean, career. He's, Mike Tomlin has been pretty vocal. I mean, he has, but, but, he's, but now he, he could say more of what yes, he you know, yes, The he longer has, you're there, the more power more you have. The more you have. When yeah. he got there, he had a bunch of stars already in the locker room. Right, right. And, and I give him credit for being able to manage navigate yeah, those guys. Sure. But my, my thing is, Stefanski wasn't garbage. He went garbage the first game or the second game. I liked what he did offensively. I thought he caught a, thought great. a great, he thought great game plan and I think that's the thing that's frustrating is left left in on the ta- on the carving table is that, man, that has some really good stuff. Stefanski, I thought, called a great game. Jacoby looked 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 look comfortable. We we found out we got a number one receiver that's going to catch the ball when he throws to an Amari Cooper. I thought they mixed and matched very well, but it's just that you know when you get stuff that happens defensively, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So I think they can they can bounce back, and I think they'll do that. Um, they just need I just need to see a little more aggressive. And, and giving them an opportunity to play a little more man coverage and get after the quarterback. I know right now people may not agree with this. I think Kevin can be one of those difference makers, head coaches. He, I have more confidence in Kevin Stefanski. And this is not a high bar. I have more confidence in Kevin Stefanski than any coach over the last 10, 15 years with well, the Browns. Yeah, I, I yeah, would that definitely that is a pretty low bar. That. I know it is. I mean, I agree. I'm just it. saying you can't. I still think any of those guys good. head coach in the league anywhere. I think Mike no. Pettin could be. I think he is so shell-shocked and PTSD'd from his from time what here, here yeah. that he won't. I think yeah. he was. He could have been pretty good, I think. I think Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, he was well, here. He was a head coach. The head coaches that have come through here, except for Bill Belichick, and Marty Schottenheimer never yeah. went on to greatness anywhere else. No. I'm just saying you, you have to show some sort of patience, I think, with Kevin. Okay. Because I, I, and agree. I do Kevin, think Kevin Stefanski is a decent coach, but he's still got a lot to prove. And Oh, for sure. You know, for and, sure. and especially in his team, man, like his control of the team, team But management. I said before the season started, this was going to be his most difficult season. And he his first year was the COVID year where he had to install everything over Zoom. But everything that's gone on with this team, all the Deshaun Watson yeah. stuff, this was going to be his most difficult year as coach, and we've already seen that play out through two yeah, games. we got to move it on. One thing before we bring in Maurice Claret, you should never lose a football game with this kind of talent on defense when you score 30. That's never. inexcusable, totally and agree. it better never, never happen again totally this year agree. because if it does, we've got a big problem with Joe yeah. Woods. Yeah. And secondly, as much as we're looking at what's going on with this team and saying, oh, my God, it's terrible, I poked around the Pittsburgh media yesterday. <laughs> we got a four-alarm blaze. They got a five-alarm blaze. There's at least a four-alarm blaze for every team in this division right now. So it's yeah. not over if you win. Right. Take care of business tonight, and, and then you you forget about the Jets game. You do. Game you forget you all about the Jets yeah. game. If you're 2-1, and one, you're in a good All's spot. Okay. One thing, I think yeah. they might argue, you, you both said uh, – you know, you can't lose. It's, it's harder to lose a game any worse than this. I think the Ravens might be arguing with that this week because 35-14, they and dominated they had more a horrible than the Browns too. dominated the Jets. Remember, that Browns-Jets game was close going into the fourth quarter. That was not settled. Right, anything yeah. but settled. The Ravens, for three and a half quarters, were murdering the Dolphins. They were. And then lost. Yeah. All right, Maurice Gret joining us now. We're going to do um, no fence riding. Maurice, hey, Maurice, great to see you, my man. You ready to play the game? Hey. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I was feeling bad after all the stuff I talked last week. What do you mean? <laughs> what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? Well, well, my Browns predictions, I, I felt bad. <laughs> no, you called the best game for Brissett yet, and you were spot on with That's that true, one. Yeah, right. Yeah, you nailed it. the final score in the winner. No, no. No, that's why my defense predictions. I thought the defense would have done better, like everybody oh. else. Yeah, that, well, you're not alone in that camp. We all me. thought they would have done better. <laughs> they were horrible. They, we all, we all thought they. Nobody thought they were going to blow that lead. And we're all hoping they do better tonight. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, if, if you're new to the show and you haven't seen it, no fence rider means uh, Mikey throws out a topic, and it's it's not. Uh, you know, I don't know about that, or you know, it could go either way. Yeah. We're definitively on one side of the fence, um, and the graphics for this are great. You're going to love them. So, Mike, what's the what's our first no fence riding? So, with Maurice, we're gonna show the question. We're gonna let Maurice answer, then we'll show you guys your answers. Very so, good. the first question, Maurice, let's take it, Steve. Will the Browns force multiple turnovers tonight versus the Steelers? Maurice, you're up first. I'm going to say yes. They're they're looking to improve upon last week and show us that we are believers in them and they are who we think they are. So, I'm gonna say yes. And I love that because this is one of the unanimous ones from the Ooh. panel. And everyone on the panel said, <laughs> drum roll, please. No. Yeah, we all have PTSD on this team. <laughs> I think not. they get one tonight, but I multiple. Do too. Yeah, yeah, multiple. I mean. Uh, okay, I'm hoping I can prove all of you all wrong. Yeah, I'll, I'll brag about it on Twitter. <laughs> I think with turnovers is there, some of it's just kind of random. It is. You know, but, I, but you know what? You also well, force you a lot of those. Yeah. You can get a sack and you can get an interception. It, it, like, it's not hard. You know, uh, well, you, you can get a strip fumble, ball, yeah. you know? No, yeah. but Maurice. Sack fumble, yes, my fault, yeah. Maurice, to, yeah. to G. Bush's point earlier that he got a text message from someone close to the organization that said Andrew Barry's not happy with the game plan from Joe Woods. And obviously, the element that's missing is any kind of aggression, any kind of, you know, defensive blitz schemes or bringing more than four. We haven't seen that, and I think oh, yeah. that's what forces turnovers. Right. So we turnovers, have to see a yes. defensive shift in philosophy if suddenly we're going to start getting all these I turnovers. I hope we see it because they've been a passive so defense. You can, you, you can only imagine uh, the hell that they probably went through this week and, and uh, <laughs> all of the expectations that people have for them and, and what took place last week. So, like, just as a defender, I'm just thinking these guys have to be saying to myself, like, it's obviously the game is the game tonight. I'm going out here. I'm going to cause a fumble during a sack, or something's going to happen. I, one thing you'll find about find out about me: I'm just like the the eternal optimistic guy. I just I just yeah. always I got, I got like this internal optimism. All right, all right. So I, I hope you're right. Man. I hope your your sunshine and rainbows. I hear you, G. Maurice, when I see them dudes start backpedaling. Uh, before the ball is even starting there, they got their back turned like they about to fail. I'm like, we ain't getting no picks. You can't get no picks running running back playing cover three. True. They'll the, never jump route. Backing I, up at the goal line. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Mm. I, I the know. great equalizer in this game, though, and why I went with this is yeah. one of the questions, is Mitch Trubisky. He may just gift you two interceptions That's true. at some point. That's true. <laughs> he might. All right, Mikey, what do you got next? Yeah, what's number two? Number two. Last week we went with well, Amari Cooper, Schwartz, and Njoku combined for 100 huh. yards. They got 101 total, all courtesy of Amari Cooper. So we're taking him out of the equation. Well, DPJ, Schwartz, and Njoku combine for 65 total receiving yards. Maurice, you're up first. We have to say yes again. But, you know, we have to say yes. You sure? You didn't see him you didn't see sure I, like your dog? <laughs> I, no, I, no, I said we have to say yes. So, okay. 
I'm assuming they'll play heavy on the run, and I'm assuming that they'll play heavy on Amari Cooper, which leaves everybody else to have an opportunity to catch the ball. That's what I'm assuming. You have to you have to you have to shift coverage to protect yourself from Amari Cooper, and you have to have some sort of run presence, which. Obviously, you'll say, okay, it's old school basketball. Let's take Amari Cooper and minimize the run and make these other guys beat us. And you would have to believe that those guys are sitting in the locker room right now listening to this show, and they can hear me right now. (laughs) And hopefully that they prove us wrong. (laughs) Or hopefully they prove me right. I hope you you are right. So Maurice says yes. Let's see what everyone else said. Steve, we can take it full. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I need one of y'all. You got them all. Maurice was afraid he was going to be living on an island. I agree with Maurice. I think, you know, the Steelers are an aggressive defense. Even without Watt, they're yeah. going to try to be aggressive. That's their tendency. Which means uh, Brissett's not going to have the time to just wait for Amari Cooper because he, he was so focused. On, I think they're going to spread it around a little more. I think the Steelers defensively in the passing game will obviously be focused on Amari Cooper. And I think I, I I don't think anybody any of those three guys are gonna have a monster game individually. No, right. but that's but I, not a high bar. Six, no, it's no, not that's a high what bar. I when I said <laughs> I, 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 my first thought was this question's just pathetic. I it is pathetic <laughs> because because if you if you start thinking about it, it's yeah. just twenty one and a half yards. Well, I'm taking Schwartz completely but, out of the equation. <laughs> I'm just looking at you, Joe. You and DJ. So I'm at 30. He's still only have to average 33 yards. I need 33 yards. I need 30, my God. I need 30 from Njoku and about 40 from DPJ. I mean, that thought shouldn't be too much. No, that's that's your not, number that's two not. receiver in your tight end. Uh, no, no. I'll tell you what. If you wanted to stump us, get it at like 85. Then I. Do you want to know how I came up with that number? Yes. Yeah. I took their total from last week. Times it by two and minus one. All right. They had zero, zero, and 33. <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna tell you this. For me, I, you're not going. To, you're not going to see. You 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 start you gonna start not seeing backup Brissett no more. I think Jacoby Brissett gonna be borderline starter starter material. More like what we saw yeah. last week. You gonna start seeing borderline starter material from not not two hundred and ninety, but I think you might start seeing them two twenty nine, two fifty. What are your indicators? What's that? I said, what are your indicators that makes you believe that? Oh, look, I just thought he was crisp. I thought he was. He, he was looked, very efficient. He, I don't he, think he can play better than what he played against the Jets. I, 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 I think do. that's the ceiling. Yeah, I you do. think I, he can play better? No, I think he played better. <laughs> I think he played better than that. You know wow. why? Because he had a couple drops. And Joku dropped the rock. When well, he, but he, I mean, it's that, that's not on him. No, he right. put the ball in places, and right. there were drops. He he could have been twenty-five for twenty. He could have been statistically. All better. he missing is is a is a predetermined shot play. If he can hit a shot play, all of a sudden. That's the only thing we haven't seen from him. The only really. thing we ain't seen. Did I mention this on the show? Yes, I think I said it off the air about being in the locker room and talking to Jacoby. Did I say that off the air? Was that anyway? No, I think you talked about it. Off the air. You. So, yeah, so it, yeah, uh, I was in the locker room, whatever day it was. Well, Tuesday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I had not met Jacoby yet, like in a one-on-one setting. Yeah. 
And I had oh, written, you didn't say this on the air. And yeah. I'd written, and you know, I've written multiple times. They should have gone after Jimmy G. I've said it on the show that I don't believe in Jacoby. Well, now when you're standing six feet from the guy, am, <laughs> I, am I supposed to act like I didn't say those things? Well, you're just hoping he doesn't have an athletic. Well, no. So I, I went up and introduced myself, and I said, "Hey, just so you know, I'm Jason Lloyd with the Athletic. I said a lot of really mean things about you, and you shut me up last week. You played great. That's a really interesting introduction. Well, because, Love it. Like, what was his response? And, yeah. and, and, and Jacoby's like, yeah, well, I, I don't know anything about it. I don't know what you're talking about. So it tells you how much it meant to me. Like, <laughs> but, but, but it's like, it's a, it's this weird thing. Like, am I supposed to act like I didn't write that and, no. and talk to him? So, you but just let's own juxtapose it. that with how Baker Baker would have already read it. Oh, he he would have Googled you. He would have known exactly who you were. Yeah. And when you walked up to him, he would have childishly left the locker room. Yes, probably all true. So and then he would have said he didn't care and didn't actually read it. I didn't read it. I don't even yeah. know who that guy is. Yeah. Amen. So I, I ate it, I ate it, and, and I thought he handled it. So well. that means you say that means you saying he good now. No, let's, let's <laughs> I just told you. No, he, said, he proved him wrong for one for week. For one week, yeah. he shut me up for a week. Hopefully, they'll shut us all hey, up for a second Maurice, week. Uh, Maurice, I'm I'm wondering, not that guys were writing bad things about you when you played because I covered Maurice. You're, you're, he probably doesn't remember this. I covered. Did that you team. Did you ever write anything bad about him? I mean, he wasn't giving us. I'm anything sure he that, had a bad article. Well, I'm let's, sure. not, let's not talk about those NCA violations. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, On the listen, field. On the field. I want to leave all that garbage where it belongs. On the field? No, the he field. was sensational. Oh, you Maurice. know what? I probably wrote something mean about you when you fumbled three times at Northwestern. <laughs> I probably wrote something mean about you then. Yeah. Maurice, do you remember anything writing anything negative? Negative about you, and then you coming face to face. Like, what is that like? No, I, I, uh, the, the irony of all of this. Uh, I've only had like uh, one, like the irony of full circle of life. So, the the, the biggest article is uh, the one, the one and done article by Gene Wojciechowski. Right, and right. Um, it, 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 yeah, that, that was that was one that uh, it wasn't portrayed like accurately, right? And 20 years later, he, he, he's sitting across me in my living room, and I said, you know, I didn't want to do this because <laughs> 20 years ago. And so we laughed it off. And, and so they have, they have another th- – that, that, that special that I did is coming out the uh, Michigan week, it sounds like. They were going to do it this week. But um, it, I laughed about it 20 years later. But when you're athlete, I, I tell you like this, uh, none of my on-the-field play got criticized. Probably that Northwestern thing did. Uh, but all of my stuff after um, – after football, just all my off-the-field troubles and stuff like that, that stuff had more uh, effect on me. And, and as a player, you, you think that you're tough, but that stuff definitely does affect you when you hear nasty things because, you know, you, the fans build you up and people build you up and they make you a celebrity and you get used to uh, seeing, like, good articles about you and everybody praising you. And then when somebody kind of, like, talks directly to you or gives you a difference, difference in opinion – you know, when you're young, you just don't know how to handle it, and it does bother you because you want, you know, everybody to be nice and to be favorable. So, you know, that, that guy probably seen it. Uh, but but also, I would say one thing that is a little bit different now is social media. So you're used to people talking crazy to you. So yeah, sure. it, it, it may condition you for a reporter saying something bad about you real or a journalist. Quick, real quick, I know we got to move on. When you were at the uh, at LeBron's McDonald's All-American game, and mm-hmm. I was trying to give you my business card because I wanted to talk to you. And you were completely ignoring me. You're like, man, what do you want? And I'm like, just call me. Just call me sometime. And you took my card. You're like, fine. Like, get out of my way. <laughs> See, and, 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 that, look, and, uh, and look, and now we're on the show together, right? <laughs> Who could ever see that coming? And you know what? Just to prove to everybody that, that, and I think if you've watched the show, you know him, that Maurice is a great guy. That yeah, might have yeah. been a one-off. When uh, when my son was jumping in the Big Ten championships at at Spire, 
Maurice saw, he was yeah. in Columbus, and he saw that, that the meet was coming up, and he said, hey, what, what are the details, when and where? And Maurice got in his car, drove from Columbus to Spire. It's a couple-hour drive. That's incredible. And he sat there yeah. in the stands. And for my son, I have to tell you, you knew that because he told you after the meet. My son was like, this is the most surreal thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. Maurice Claret <laughs> was my hero. Yeah. And now he's in the stands rooting for me yeah. at the Big Ten Championships. That's awesome. That was Very That cool. was a pretty cool thing, and he didn't have to do it. That's the kind of guy he is. He does a lot nah. of stuff like that. All right, what's the next uh, next up on the fence riders? We are done with the unanimous. We have all split decisions oh, moving good. forward, so nobody will be on an island. But question number three, will the Browns allow a passing touchdown of at least 29 yards tonight against the Steelers? Maurice? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. By the way, I think he stole the words. Yeah, I would say I, 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 I would believe they'll do it, unfortunately. Uh, wow, not all rainbow yeah. and sunshine. By the way, can you bring up the fence yeah, riding picture not. again for real quick? I just had an observation I wanted people's take on. Yeah, give us one sec. We'll pull it back up. For the briefest of seconds, when I saw the current, the picture of us all in there, I thought Tyvis was Tristan Thompson for the for like half a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, you got, got a little Tristan in there. <laughs> like a half a second. I was like, why is Tristan Thompson? Oh, no, it's fine. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little T-top in that. And Brad's still looking for his glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. Uh, go ahead. All right, so, so Maurice, Maurice says, says yes. yes. Two of you also say yes. Let's see who he agrees with. G and J. Oh, wow. Oh, the tag team, right? <laughs> nice wrestling. On there. <laughs> look at the nasty boys. <laughs> that is the best name yet. Oh, that's so good. The next T-shirt comes oh, from the Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, to me, first of all, I, you know, yesterday, Brooke Pryor said their offensive line has been a little better than they expected, but yeah. it's still not very good, just not as awful as they thought. But they're not throwing the ball downfield. Now, maybe they will try to do that because the Browns have had their problems. And it's easy to think the Browns will give up a long pass because they have a five, like five times so far. It's a, but we've been talking about it. Like, the Browns, you have to believe they've gotten the message on the communication. And I just don't think Trubisky's confident in throwing the ball downfield. That's so I'm exactly right. I right. think I'm going to take Tyvis's word again that they're yeah. going to clean up the bus. And I don't think Trubisky's good enough. Nope. I said yes for one simple reason. Just as we're screaming for the defense to get more aggressive, in Pittsburgh, the overwhelming cries are, yeah. do you know that you can throw the ball down the field? Yeah. Where are our down-the-field shots? Not that they're going to play to the critics, but the critics are right, 100% right. And you've got to be able to do that in this NFL. So if Kenny Pickett so, plays the second half, I'd like to You'd like to switch answer. your bets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think, and again, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. They've given up. What five of those this year? Maybe yeah. more. Yeah, and they got receivers. Games. They got receivers. They got they got people they that can make receivers. those. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson. They got Chase Claypool. They got Pickens. They got they got they got receivers. Uh, Pickens they, hasn't done anything yet. But but I uh, you know they, he did have a big catch in the the um, one-handed the yeah, one-handed catch I mean, against the Bengals. Now here, a, a lot of what is predicated on a receiver is what is your quarterback doing? And obviously yeah. we just talked about he's thinking and dunking right now, but. When they when when they threaten your uh, viability and say, "Hey, look, yeah. we don't go down the field next week. It's a wrap because they got ten days to get the rookie ready." Right. right? So he knows so, this is it. No, I, I was going to say this, and you know, you know how guys act in the locker room. If you're a receiver who hasn't gotten the ball thrown deep to you, or if you haven't caught a long pass or a long touchdown, they're knocking on the quarterback's door. They're knocking on the quarterback coach's door, the head coach's door. Are the receiving coach's door, and they're asking, "Hey, man, get me involved. Get me, get me some touchdowns. Get me going." 
And if that stuff hasn't been done up to up until this point, and you have the fans who are screaming on it, and they know that they have the guys to stretch the field, you know, I just would like to believe that they'll 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 at least take shots. This is a two units that have been a disaster so far this Facing year. Facing off against Browns secondary yeah. and Steelers passing game. The difference is the Browns secondary has the talent. The Steelers the Steelers passing game has the talent at wide receiver, but I don't think they have it at quarterback. Yeah, but you know we said that going into Carolina, and we said we that going did. into the Jets. We so certainly did. We'll find out for sure. I mean, you know, it's we, true. We, we think that the Browns is true. defense I is going to shine. I said last week they should pitch and shut saying, No, no, no. no this no, time right, they got it right, fixed. This yeah. time they got it fixed. If they don't, if they don't do their thing today, I'm, oh I'm starting God. to rethink. I'm, I'm starting to rethink if you good or not. Mm. I'm gonna just have to go there. All right, number four. Number four, this one plays right into Maurice's hands. He has a better idea of this than any of us. But will Kareem Hunt have more total yards than Najee Harris on Thursday night football? Maurice? No, Najee will probably get more opportunity. I, I just Maurice? think Najee will – yeah, he'll, ha- he'll have more opportunities to touch the ball and to perform, yeah. and they'll lean on him more to, to loosen the pressure on the quarterback. So Maurice says no, and he agrees with three of you. The lone person on the other side of the fence is G. Bush, Mr. Bull. Oh, I have an island here, and <laughs> wow. maybe this is some wishful thinking because I have Kareem Hunt in two of my fantasy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was good. We understand exactly where this game's from. Something to you. <laughs> you know, you guys have been saying that Kevin Stefanski had a great game plan offensively last week, and for the most part, I agree. But here's my one big beef with what they did last week, even though the offense performed well. There were long stretches of time when Kareem Hunt did not play. Yep. And I don't understand that. I know Amari Cooper's a good player. I still think Kareem Hunt's the second best skilled position player on this team behind Nick Chubb. And I don't think it's that big a gap between those two guys. He is a no. great player. No. The league has, it's like everybody's forgotten how good this guy is because he just doesn't play a lot. Now, I agree with Maurice that Najee will get more touches than Kareem Hunt. But I think Kareem Hunt is a better player than Najee Harris, and the Browns have a better offensive line than the Steelers do. Najee has struggled to get going because they have struggled in, in run blocking. And I think Kevin Stefanski's got to realize that at, there, were, there was a time last week where he went three straight series without Kareem Hunt being on the field. You're right. You've got to have them on the field together more this week as they did in week I one. I hope he's, give, right. he's giving them a spell. That's what, that's what he did last year. They ain't tired. See, you would see Hunt for a cut. It's like he's right. got him on a pitch count. But they too long. Tired. Hunt was out of the game agree. way too long and, last and, week. And we didn't see them on the field together. No, again. I think we got to see it this week, and I think Kareem Hunt's going to break a big play Ke- tonight. Kevin Stefanski is like the dude that always forgets his anniversary, right? <laughs> Until he get reminded. They'd be like, okay, <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I got you something. No, your, your wife's not going to be nearly as happy as if you just remember it yourself. Right. It's the same way with putting Kareem Hunt in the game. We got to keep telling you to put him in the game. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I do got Kareem Hunt. Let's put him in all of a sudden. No, you should have him ready to go. Mark it on the calendar. We about to go out to eat. This is your gift. Why can't you do the same thing with Kareem Hunt? It's already scripted. I got 15 touches. Yeah. He is with, a stud. With, He's I'm a confused. stud. Get him the ball more. One. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, you got to use the two of them together. All right, I'm on that island. I'm on we that should island. start tracking the win-loss record for the Browns when they have at least three plays with the two of them in yeah. the backfield together. I think so far they're one and zero. By the way, they, they're, they're one and zero when they play at least three. By plays the way, the if I'm right, the the Browns should win this game handily. If correct, oh, yeah, because yeah. Nick Chubb's gonna have more. You would assume. Well, if the question yards. was, will Chubb have? Yeah, everybody more, would have said yes. Yeah, that's easy. But if Kareem Hunt also has more, then the Browns had a great day. I probably. Agree. All right, what's next? All right, let's take the next one here. 
This is an offense versus defense question. Mm. Will there be more total sacks than total touchdowns in tonight's game, Maurice? I would say no. No for Maurice. So you're saying more sacks, no, more, touchdowns more touchdowns than touchdowns. sacks. There will be more touchdowns than sacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's see how the panel answered. Once again, Mr. Bull. Wow. Well, I think this one's easy here. <laughs> I think, by the way, this is the lowest over-under this week. It's it's 38, it, I think. It should be. Which is absurd. I mean, yeah. you rarely see over-unders under 40. Um, uh, yeah, to me, this was a no-brainer. I think there'll be at most four touchdowns in this game, maximum. So then I, all I need is, and I think there's only going to be three touchdowns. I think the Browns are going to have two, the Steelers are going to have one. But um, I, I... Where are the four sacks coming from? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, TJ's out. Yeah. Clowney's, Clowney's out. out. So Miles yeah. banged up. Well, Miles has the neck. The Steelers... He had one I, tackle listen, last week. You heard what G said about they want to be more aggressive. I have been, even, even before I heard that, I thought the Browns... It, because I believe this Browns defense is really talented and they have underachieved big time. And I felt all week that the Browns were going to come out in this game like the Steelers had just insulted their family. And they were going to play that this game this way. And I think the Browns alone, as a team, I don't know who they're going to be from. Might be some random dudes that are filling in on the defensive line. Right. I think the Browns alone will have at least four sacks in this game. Wow. And the Steelers will get one. They get one. Okay. Well, I hope I hope oh, we're all wrong oh, and yeah. you're right. No. He, he, he's speaking to his fantasy two. league. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Fantasy. He got the Steelers. You're, you're speaking <laughs> no, on behalf of your fantasy league. I have the Browns defense. Oh, in one of my leagues. No oh. wonder you're 0-2. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not in this league. He's been I'm not 0-2 in any other league. Yeah. All right, we have one more. Line. We do have one more. By the way, yeah. they are expecting Alex Wright to play a lot. Also, Isaiah Thomas, their other I think yeah. seventh-round pick, is going to yeah. play. Yeah. And with no T.J. Watt. bulked up a lot since he was an NBA player. Steelers <laughs> do have Alex Highsmith, who's tied with Miles Garrett for second over, or third overall in the league yeah. with three sacks. So, there are some guys on the field who can generate some pressure, but yeah. you are right. It is not the same without no. T.J. Watt. number would have been a lot higher with him. All right, last question. This is an even 2-2 split on the panel. Ooh. So you're going to be the deciding tiebreaker here, Maurice. Will Jacoby Brissett throw for more yards and touchdowns, both, than Trubisky? This is through the lens of wishful thinking, and the answer is yes. <laughs> At least he's honest. We appreciate the honesty. I say yes. And let's see who you agree with. It's a 2-2 split. Is the tag team back together? No. Oh, wow, we got a new tag team. No. Oh, you and I teaming yeah. up, bro. <laughs> I, got I got Jacoby with one touchdown and Trubisky with zero. Y'all look like the Steiner brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Steiner. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't have faith in Jacoby in both categories. If it had been in either or, I th this one was both, the toughest one for they me. They could easily be you. ties, yeah, right? Be, I mean, not yeah. like you have any faith in Trubisky. And, and no. And yeah. if it's a tie, then it's a no. They're, it's, it's a no. A that's true. Yeah, 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 no, that's yeah, true. It's, a, it's a no. You're right. right. Okay. He's not. When you say and, you just well, said he's going to get better and better and better. I, I, that's <laughs> I, I, I was about to say. You should say yes here. You can't get that better that quick. He touchdowns and. This, slow increments. This, this, this this We're talking about gradual rise. Reese, um, what do you have the score of, of tonight's game? Who's winning and what's the score? Who's winning? What's the score? Wishful thinking. Let's go 35 to 21. 
This is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm yeah. hoping, this is my hope. I'm yeah. hoping that Jacoby can build up on last week. I'm hoping that you have the two running backs going. And this is just wishful thinking. And uh, and, I, and I believe that the Browns, I believe in Jacoby getting a little uh, gradually better. And I believe that last week in some capacity helped him just like G. And I just believe that somebody needs to, somebody really needs to emphasize the importance of keeping Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time. And I'm hoping that that is, um, that is the Cleveland spirit. I nominate G. Bush to do that. Hopefully he gets it done tonight. I want G. Bush to dress as a coach Mm -hmm. and just stand next to Stefanski the whole game and be like, yo, we haven't seen him together in a while. Let's go. And he'd be waving me away. Go away. <laughs> by the by the way, no, we need to put him in and him in two times. They're like, stop making signals, G. Bush. That's not the signals we wanted. But you, I, maybe I'll G. Say Bush this. can you, signal you need, the DBs too. You, <laughs> well, everybody else. But is you, on you the need sidelines. some identity. Go ahead. Sorry, Rory, you need ahead. an identity. I, no, no, I, I'm just saying you need an identity with with something on offense. Everybody has to have some identity, and the coach has to say Jacoby isn't the long term uh, solution. And so we need to build around these guys in the backfield. Those guys are more durable. You know what you have with them. And offense should be ran through them. Um, and, and that's how you open up and loosen things up for Jacoby. And I would, I would do that. That's what, that, that's what if, if I know my quarterback doesn't have a strong arm, I would make the most immaculate, you know, 15 and under yard game with the pieces that I have <laughs> and just say, hey, you're going to drive down the field. I'm being serious. <laughs> you know, because you can, you can throw slants, you can throw dinks and dunks, yeah. but – you know, we've we seen, we seen that he just doesn't have the, the, the arm power, and you do this in preparation for uh, Deshaun to come back. This is just my opinion. Yeah. And I would make a sale to Kareem Hunt that, hey, man, you see that you may be a backup, that, but I'm going to get you involved in the offense and wait on Deshaun Watson to get here. But I wouldn't be trying to build anything around Jacoby. You know, uh, I think Amari Cooper knows he's going to be here and he's going to be a possession receiver and he'll get – you know what he get, but you you have to have some identity. But searching everywhere for this identity outside of like your two best players or two most impactful players is like idiot stuff to me. Yeah. Um, just my personal opinion. No, I, I agree. It stuns me that that Kevin would have two tight ends on the field together, and well, they're going with Michael Dunn is sort of the third tight end in a lot of looks. He was well, he but, was the eligible receiver. I can't tell you how many times. Which, yeah. which is just stunning to me. So you're going to put. Three at a position that you're okay. You're, you know, you've got one player that I still think Joku is overrated, but you're going to do three tight ends a lot of times two, and you can't instead get two running backs on the field at that's, the same time that are both what, supremely talented. I think we know. I think we're. It's not what he knows. He's going back to you have a quarterback in the Baker Mayfield mold that you're trying to give max protection to in Jacoby Brissett. You're trying to. He, he doesn't move well. They, had, they did not get him on the ground last week, but Jacoby Brissett is not very mobile. He doesn't move very well. And no, I think but I also wouldn't say he's immobile. I wouldn't put him in that category. But they got a good enough offensive line. I don't away. know how many guys do they need to block. Let's well, go. Get rid of the ball. We saw it last last year with the three tight end set. But how many if times you get the ball to Kareem Hunt quickly or Nick Chubb quickly, I, you don't need I'll to worry about I'll be curious to see. Watch Michael Dunn and listen how many times they say, I think it's 68. 68 is Four an eligible well, receiver. When I listen, you know, it's, a lot of times you can't hear it on TV, but if you pipe the radio sound yeah. in, you hear it very clearly yeah. on the radio when they announce eligibles. Yeah. And what, I mean, you heard it all through the game was, last it, week. It was probably seven or eight plays. Yeah, I mean, I, it was stunning to me how much you could hear and I wonder, being reported. I wonder if there's a play in there 
where it's a pass play to Michael Dunn. See, now, now, see. We haven't seen it yet. But it's in there. And it's, it's fine if you do it you once in a while. If you say, if maybe you, you're saving that for a goal it, line in a yeah. big game. If yeah. you saving Michael Dunn out of the backfield, and that's your no, big no, 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 I'm just saying. The surprise play, <laughs> the two-point conversion. Come on, you come on if, you're going, if you're going to three, no, no, no. If you're going to three tight ends and you're using them as your third tight end, after a while it becomes white noise. 68's eligible. 68's sure, true. Yeah. You can catch them one time. But how about we do it less often yeah. and have Kareem Hodge? I would rather have a two field set than a three tight end set all day long yeah. because it's not like one of those two guys can't help and protect. Right, right. And That's for, true. And, and for, for me, I just, I've seen it way too often. I've seen it a lot when I played the game and playing with different coaches. You know, there, there are different coaches who like certain things. That is, a, a coach's playbook is almost like his, his, his identity. Like when they come and they audition or they they sit for a job and they say, what, do you, what is your plans for this team? They come in and give you the first five plays that they like to run, the philosophy and everything. Kevin Stefanski has always liked three tight ends. Now the thing about it is, it's very difficult for some people to be creative week in and week out. It's just a little bit more difficult. Some Andy Reid does it. It's, that's creative, right? Everybody can't draw pictures. Some right. people can only do crayons. Some people can only do uh, uh, impressionists. Some people do oil painting, watercolors, all of that, right? But they still can draw. They still are artists. Even but if it's stick figures. Even if it's stick figures. <laughs> now, Again, hold on. I don't want to become the Stefanski apologist here, but look at who he's had at quarterback since he's gotten here. Yeah. He's had to build his system around limited quarterbacks. There's a reason they didn't have three tight ends on the roster when they signed to Sean Watson. They didn't plan on it being an 11-game suspension, and they didn't plan on having to go back to this. Mm -hmm. He's building his system around what he has to work with. Sure. I'm telling you, when Jacoby's gone, when Deshaun's back there, you're not going to see any three tight ends. Well, well, I hope not. Well, for me, I think you, you can, won't need it. You, you, no. can, you can get rid of the ball. If you got Kareem Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb in the backfield, like Bull said, you can get yeah, rid of get the it ball. Get it quickly. I think he's done an incredible job with misdirections and with, with scheming and scheming. There's guys open all over the field. There, there was last year. There well, is again I, this year. You have to have a quarterback who can get it to him. Go ahead, Maurice. No, I'll say this, and I've seen this plenty of times, and everybody else has seen. A lot of offensive coordinators, uh, they get mixed up into campaigning for different jobs. That's what I say, right? So I, I remember. Now I don't, I don't want to say any names. You, you will find coaches who their whole goal would be, uh, let me, you know, let me rack up yards or let me play this stat game amongst other teams to campaign for a different job elsewhere. And instead of saying, hey, these are the pieces on the field, nobody likes to low and slow play, but football at the end of the day comes down to matchups. It's hard for me to believe that you can put uh, as many running, or as many linebackers as you have in the league against Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt where you can dictate a lot of those dinks and dunks that a quarterback can have. Like everybody sees it week in and week out where you'll see a running back break out of a backfield or a running back get one on running. He runs an option route mm. where you can throw an extended pass. And that, that, that helps to keep the pressure off of your linemen, but – Coaches don't like to do that. You know, coaches want to throw the 60-yard bomb, the 20-yard dig, the 15-yard out, and they don't want to put drives together. But that is – like, when you have that sort of team, it comes down to just having these – just these longer, sustained drives and swapping personnel in and out. And so, I don't know. I just um, – I've, I've always had um, – I don't know. When you're in the locker room and you hear from these coaches and you kind of see, like, they that they'll be blank towards – their personnel, and, and they'll be pushing their mission more than the team's mission, even though that sounds crazy. I've been a part of teams who, who, who do it and who does it for other arterial reasons yeah. to try to look for other jobs, and they want to pad their stats and all that other stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. That's my little two cents about it, and well, I'm pretty sure hey, more people feel that way. 
we're, we've already called First Energy. We told them to get some backup fuses ready for the scoreboard. 35-21. Yeah. Uh, that, that, so I that would be cool. I, I, hope, I, hope I hope you're right, Maurice. Enjoy the game tonight, yeah. and we'll see you next week. Yep. All right. Very good. 35-21. I, I mean, That'd be wild. Look, we didn't think last week was going to be 31-30. No, certainly not. So, yeah, and I real guess quick before bring in possible. A, real quick before we bring in Aditi, to Jason's point, we'll find out for sure when Deshaun Watson comes in. We will. What's how Kevin different Stefanski the offense is. is. Yeah. But the bottom line is, Kevin Stefanski did use two running backs a lot in week one. And he did. didn't use it at all last week. Yeah, so and they I scored. Hope. How many points did they score last week? And Jacoby played the best he could possibly play. We've already, like, I, I don't know. That's true. I think That's we're true. nitpicking now. Like, yeah. It's not like they were shut out or they had a terrible. No, you're game. right. What he no. did worked. So thirty you're points right. was plenty. It worked to win this the game. week. I'm just saying, Kareem Hunt's your second best skill position player. You should. You, I'd like to see him use him more. Yeah. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Especially when you start playing better defense. All right, Aditi, welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. It's game day. Um, I know that uh, you're probably as excited about this as anyone because your affiliation (laughs) with both of these teams you're the perfect person to talk to about this game. How do you see it? Um, I appreciate that. I think that these are two teams that are desperate for a win. And it feels a little bit silly to say that three games in, but you've got a Browns team that needs to rectify some significant errors, right? Like, They've not played badly, but they've been burned by mistakes. They've got to clean that up. They have to fix that. This is a defense that wants to be a number one defense and yet has these communication issues. So you need to sort of clean that up. You need to show that you're not the old Browns. You've got the biggest stage possible. We all talked about this on Tuesday. And then you've got the Steelers that are desperately trying to find some sort of offensive identity. And there's a whole lot of Michigas going on. And this may sound a little bit familiar to you, but... The wide receivers, especially the rookie wide receiver, George Pickens, was saying in Pittsburgh that, oh, receivers are open. But as you all know, a receiver seeming to be open doesn't necessarily mean that the receiver is where he is supposed to be, when he is supposed to be there. And the last successful offensive coordinator that was in the city, Todd Haley, was in fact on the radio in Pittsburgh yesterday saying, well, I think the receivers are running a little sloppy. So... You've got a Steelers offense that's trying to figure out who it is and generate something. You've got a Steelers defense that's missing one of its game breakers in TJ Watt, but still has two elite players in Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick and a whole bunch of other players that they think are worthy of high potential. And you've got this enormous stage and a rivalry game and a division game. So let's go. Yeah. Aditi, you know, it's funny because I've been such a big Miles Garrett guy, and I was really disappointed in not only his play last week, but his comments after the game. And I'll, I'm hoping he'll do his talking on the field this week. But and, and I've always said, like, I think he's the most talented player. But the truth is, um, and maybe it's just because the Bengals' offensive line is a mess right now, but in the last two weeks, I saw T.J. Watt individually wreak havoc against the Bengals' offense. Like, 
I know Mike Minka Fitzpatrick made a couple big plays. TJ Watt made that whole thing go. He was he was crushing the Bengals. And then Micah Parsons did the same thing last week. He was all over the place. And those guys make impact all the time. And Miles Garrett doesn't do that to that level of those two guys. And I, I, I think I'm finally dealing with the reality of that. I think he's capable of it. But he does not dominate games like those two guys do, I think. Is that unfair? I think that – I think it speaks to a relentlessness. And I think that that's that intangible piece that some coaches and some scouts like to talk about. It's why the undersized guy is so effective. It's why – the guy who doesn't necessarily look like, I mean, go to the NBA, look at a guy like Muggsy Bogues. How does Muggsy Bogues, how does Spud Webb, how do they have the careers that they have in the NBA? It's about something else. And I think the piece with Miles Garrett is that we keep hearing this year, that's where he's taken that step, where he's not going to disappear, where he wants that consistency. Robert Sala must have said it eight times to us last week that this is a man on a mission. This is a man. Miles Garrett is somebody who clearly wants to be the defensive player of the year. Well, I think if you want to be that, you don't get to disappear in games. And even if four hands are on you at all times, which mm-hmm. is what the Jets essentially laid out as their focus and basically did on Sunday, you've still got to figure out some way right. to make that go. And I think that Jadavion Clowney not playing, of course, is a big deal. You know, they love to call themselves Batman and Robin. This is the game of football. It's about puzzle pieces. It's what attention can be drawn elsewhere. But look, people said that T.J. Watt wasn't going to be anything without Bud Dupree. And without Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt won Defensive Player of the Year. So I think it's fair what you're saying. And I think that Browns defensive coordinator Joe Woods has said that too, that it's fair. If, If Miles Garrett's goal is to be the best defensive player in the NFL, then go ahead and hold him to that standard. Yes. And say, we want to see you wreck a game. Be a yeah. game wrecker. Well, fans I think did it's that. fair. Fans did hold him to that standard Sunday, and, and he didn't like it very well. Let me ask you this. I, I just uh, we're, I'm looking at a report from Heavy.com that says Indomitian Sue wants to sign with a contender and that there are three to five teams that are expressing interest, and one of those teams is the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know that... Clowney and Sue aren't exactly in the primes of their career. Uh, but what do you know about that? What, does that sound like something that, from what you've heard, the Browns would be interested in doing? And if so, how does he change this defense? Jay, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of over this whole how old you are thing. How old is Joe sure. Flacco? What no. did Joe Flacco just Well, do? it is a factor, though, is- sometimes. I'm not, I'm not, sometimes fair. age is a factor, yeah. so it's fair to bring it up. Of course. No, that's definitely fair. But you know what? If your goal is to win right now, then you don't need a guy that's going to give you 10 years. No, You need a a guy who's going to give you something right now. Right. And when we talk about a defense that has had communication errors, when we talk about a defense that needs to kind of clean up something that's incredibly simple, sometimes it's that veteran in the room that kicks your butt that makes sure that that happens. And he's got that fire, too. Yeah, and let's be honest, as much as we talk about Miles Garrett, being that leader does not necessarily come naturally to him. He's been very honest in saying that he felt that there was a void left when Baker Mayfield and his personality was out of the building, when Jarvis Landry and his personality was out of the building. And Miles Garrett, to his credit, has made an effort to be more present, to be more around, to stop, as he put it to me, stop being a mystery to his teammates. I mean, 
his teammates have talked about how great he is on the two square court in their locker room. So <laughs> Miles is making an effort, but that's not necessarily who Miles is. It's not who Nick Chubb is. So when you think about guys that you can bring in, sometimes it's not just about how young their legs are. Sometimes it's something else that they're bringing to the table. Sometimes it's that intangible quality. And so I think if Sue is interested and if Sue still has something left, and if you think that Sue can be a presence in your locker room that counts for something, then of course you kick the tires on that. Because again, this is a team that is constructed to win right now. This is not a team that's sitting here and saying, all right, whatever, we're going to punt on this year and wait until Deshaun Watson shows up right. next year. Yeah. Aditi, what are the chances that Kenny Pickett makes an appearance tonight? Is there any chance that they would make that move if, he, if Mitch struggles again? I think if Mitch gets hurt, I, and I think that that's it. Yeah, I, the Steelers are riding with Mitch Trubisky right now. There's no reason that they shouldn't be. And this is, again, look, guys, you just saw this last week, right? The Jets come into Cleveland, and Joe Flacco is the scapegoat. And as much as his head coach says, whoa, 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 this isn't all on Joe, the media, the fans, you even had NFL pundits, quote-unquote pundits, saying maybe Mike White should play. And because we have the benefit of having these private conversations with the coaches, we knew that internally the Jets were not at all even remotely considering Mike White. Mike White did not take any extra snaps last week in preparation. This is a team that believed in Joe Flacco. And then what did Joe Flacco do? It was Joe Flacco walking up that Jets sideline saying, guys, we still have time left. Guys, we still have time left. It was Joe Flacco engineering those two touchdown drives in the last minute 55. It was Joe Flacco engineering a win that could be such a catalyst for a young, young, young Jets team. And meanwhile, the outside world was saying, oh, Joe Flacco can't do it. So the parallel here is that you've got a lot of people in the outside world pointing fingers at Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is not the problem with the Steelers offense right now. It's just not. The Steelers should try to run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball with a little bit of authority. Run the way Nick Chubb runs the ball. Run the way Kareem Hunt runs the ball. I know that that's way easier said than done. <laughs> I'm sure Mike Tomlin would love to have the Browns offensive line and Nick Chubb, even Kareem Hunt, if that was the only one he had, whatever. But the Steelers have a lot more offensive issues than Mentor Ohio's Mitch Trubisky. So then is so, Matt Canada in trouble? I don't know. You know what? This It's funny because I was talking to somebody who's on another team around the league in a front office today about Matt Canada. And of course, you know, Matt Canada had one great year as the Pitt offensive coordinator, which of course happened in the Steelers backyard. Matt Canada was instrumental in helping Mike Tomlin's gun son, sorry, Mike Tomlin's son get a scholarship at Maryland. Um, so there are ties there, but again, there are many, 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 many great traits about Mike Tomlin. I am not going to join the chorus of questioning the coach that Mike Tomlin is. But one thing that I do think is fair to bring up when you talk about Mike Tomlin, it's his coaching tree. And who has Mike Tomlin hired that has then gone on to great success? You know, Mike Tomlin had Bruce Arians on his staff, basically ran Bruce Arians out to replace him with Todd Haley, and then Bruce Arians became a head coach. But who else has left Mike Tomlin to go on to be a coordinator, to go on to be a head coach? It's just one of those things that you sit here, who was Mike Tomlin's last offensive coordinator that he hired, Randy Feekner? That didn't work out so well. 
Todd Haley was a successful offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, but that was essentially forced upon Mike Tomlin by the Rooney family. So, you know, again, I just, I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I think that there are very, very valid questions as to whether Matt Canada is the right fit here, is the right offensive coordinator. But I also know that the Steelers don't fire people midstream. That That's True. not the way that Mike Tomlin operates. So I don't know that he's on the hot seat. I also think it's a little bit silly. We're two games in. Right. You know, we're, we're two games that's in. That's true. And nobody's run away with the division just yet. So you do have an opportunity to turn things around. Yeah, and nobody's I think it playing is well in the division. Hell, they're tied for, they're yeah. all tied for first nobody's, except Cincinnati. Yeah, nobody's playing well. Well, since you talk about Canada, let's, let's, let's go over here to the defense. What are your thoughts on Joe Woods? Same thing. Scapegoating, I think, a little bit. <laughs> I, I like, you know what? I like Joe Woods a lot. I think that Joe Woods is a very good teacher. I think that Joe Woods designs things well. And I think that, you know, you don't need me to say this. I think everybody said this. I think Tyvis Powell said it really well as well. This is as simple as communication. And I can't, you know, guys, I've said this so much. I really apologize if I said this on Tuesday. I can't remember if I said it on the radio in Pittsburgh, if I said it on our show on Tuesday. But this is a defensive secondary that really prides itself on how well it knows each other. And as you know, I was in Berea all camp. And whether it was John Johnson or Grant Delpit or Denzel Ward, every single one of them was telling me how well they communicate, how big of a deal it is that they're in year two together, that there aren't new pieces, that Greg Newsom is in year two, that Grant Delpit got so much time, that you know Denzel, John Johnson, that all these guys have been together, that MJ Emerson is so in his books and is seamlessly fitting in. And everybody keeps saying that knowing each other, knowing what we're thinking, knowing what we want to do is a big deal. Okay, fine, but sometimes you just need to say it. It's ridiculous. And you might assume that this is what Denzel Ward is playing. You might assume that this is what Greg Newsom is doing, but it takes exactly three seconds to say, hey, guys, this is what we're running. Hey, guys, this is what I see. Just get on the same page. Just confirm it. And, you know, I, I said this earlier in the week. Last year, that Bengals secondary was playing so, so well. And Jesse Bates, the safety, said to me, if you don't see us talking to each other, we're in trouble. Like that Bengals secondary, every single Tuesday, which is supposed to be a player's day off, was coming into the building, players only, watching film together, watch, eating chicken, and just talking. Hey, this is what I see. This is what the corners see. Okay, the safeties are saying, if you do this, this would help us. Over-communicating. And despite that, you still saw them talking on the field every Sunday, nonstop. So why aren't the Browns just talking? It's that simple. Just run out on the field and say, okay, this is what I see. Well, it better happen this week. Let's see if that up. It better happen this week. By the way. paying attention, right? Just watch their mouths. Do you see their mouths moving? Yeah. It's By the way. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. Finish up what you're saying. No, 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 no. I just was saying that these are unbelievably talented, athletic, wonderful guys. They're not getting beat. I mean, sometimes you get beat. That's the nature of the game. But you're not regularly seeing them being shaken or being beat you're seeing blown coverages blown coverages are about communication period and that's to me, all that's, that it is to me it's even worse though because they have the talent there's no excuse for this a lack of like exactly. if you don't have the talent that's at least an excuse what and am i going to do i'm not good enough carolina you thought it would have been cleaned right. up yeah it's happened like, two weeks in a row now if this doesn't get cleaned up by yeah, this but you know week, what jay sometimes that that's the hubris of it right yeah. like you win so you don't take it as seriously no, as you about possibly that. should yeah. Until you lose. And and you hate that. Because, again, it's twice. It's a trend. You know, it's not just, okay, a one-off. Agreed. But, you know, you it happens in the preseason. You're like, ah, it's the preseason. We'll clean it up. 
it happens in a game, but you still win, you're kind of like, oh, well, we right. won, okay. Now you felt well, now the you pain. Lost. Now it cost you a game. Yeah. So now you can't brush it off. Do you have a sense how this one plays out? I mean, do you feel like one team is going to fix their woes over the other tonight? I just think that the Browns' issues are more fixable. I think that the Steelers have deeper issues, have some bigger problems. I think that we've seen the Browns do what they need to do and then not do it. But again, as we're saying, it's sort of fixable. So we know how talented the Browns are. We and lost in all of this, by the way, also, is how well until that last interception, Jacoby Jones, Jacoby Brissett, sorry, Jacoby Brissett played and the connection that he and Amari Cooper had. And this is now two games in a row that Amari Cooper has been uncoverable. I mean, you just can't cover him. Right. So I think all of that bodes well for the Browns. The only caveat with the Steelers is Mike Tomlin. The Steelers come up with, I mean, look, the Steelers didn't play run defense worth two cents all of last year. They had one game in Cleveland that their run defense needed to show up, and it did. And I get it. Nick Chubb was coming off injury. He wasn't 100%. But the Steelers played a black and blue game when they needed to play a black and blue game last year, and they beat the Browns when arguably they had no business beating the Browns. So I think that that's just sort of the idea of a rivalry game. That's what the AFC North is. It takes me all those years back to when the Steelers needed a win in Baltimore to make the playoffs. The Ravens were like a three-win team, and Ryan Mallett and the Ravens beat the Steelers. That's what the AFC North is. So I think all signs say that the Browns right now are a better team, that the Browns are at home, that the Browns have this major moment to rectify what happened on Sunday. The Browns, in theory, should be favored in this game. But this is what the AFC North is. This is what the Steelers are. This is what a rivalry is. Yeah, you're right. And and to your point, the the Steelers have won 60% of their AFC North games that they were an underdog in. 60% of them that they were an underdog since 2007. So That's what Tomlin does. Aditi, thank you. Again, it's certain, you know, it's um, like go back to that Ravens game on Sunday where they lose a lead, where they just kind of fall apart. And that to me was so jarring because I can't tell you another time that a John Harbaugh team did that. You know, like, it's just the nature of the Ravens. Sometimes the Ravens don't have enough bodies. Sometimes the Ravens just aren't good enough. But the Ravens don't fall flat. The Ravens don't just fall apart. That is out of character for the Ravens. Similarly, when I think of the Steelers' character, they fight. They fight in AFC North games. Unfortunately true. They're completely, totally flat. What's our character? F the Ravens, F the Steelers. Can we say that? Yes. (laughs) You just did. Do you say that about the Bengals or you don't say that no, about the Bengals? No, I'm a Bengals fan. Why would I say that about the Bengals? Uh, all right, fair. Now, so if know, the Ravens you know, don't I, I quit. The Browns are trying. Jay, I think that's a really good point. I think the Browns are really trying to forge their character and show who they are. Right, because we I don't know. And I think that what they did Sunday yeah. is the character they're trying to shuck. Yes. They're trying I, I, to shuck that old same old Browns. Yeah. And they uh, sadly embraced it. Hopefully uh, that's a one-off. Mm. Aditi, thank you very much. Thanks, Aditi. Uh, enjoy the game. And we My will pleasure, see, guys. We'll see you soon. Who am I going to see tonight? Who's going to be on the field? I'll be there. I'll be in the press box. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I always watch from the comfort of home. It's too good to watch at home. <laughs> We're doing our post-game show tonight. Everybody check it out. Two-minute warning tonight. G. Mikey McNuggets, me, and Jeff Lloyd will be on tonight at the two-minute warning. <laughs> Hopefully Mikey McNuggets won't jinx the game tonight. Yeah, no, 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 calling it until it's uh, in, until, until it's, it's over. Official. I promise. No I more not doing any premature Truman. decisions. Thank you. Thanks, Aditi. Thanks, Aditi. Um, Bye, guys. I, you know, Have fun. I, I think that. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.